0: You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show, featuring yours truly, Garrett Ashley Mullet. It is Friday. March 5th, 2021. This is episode 18 of season 3, episode 83 total of the Geared Ashley Mullet Show, and today I want to talk about marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. Marriage, that blessed arrangement, that dream within a dream. To quote the bishop from the Princess Bride. Marriage has been on my mind here a lot lately. I happen to know of two marriages which are having some difficulty right now. Two marriages in which the husband and the wife are having a difficult time trying to resolve conflict in a mutually beneficial, mutually respectful way in an appropriate way. And in the one circumstance, the husband is struggling with anger issues and he lashes out and he does not handle frustration and disagreement well. He doesn't deal with his emotions in a healthy, loving way. And so how about that? he's getting help. That's for the best. And I love him dearly. I love his family dearly. I think they're going to be okay. But I am definitely very introspective about the whole thing, because the fact of the matter is that with my marriage, with my relationship with my wife, We don't always get along. We don't always agree. We don't always deal with conflict in a healthy, happy, beneficial way, in a productive way. Now, we don't get physical and we don't get, I don't think, too awful ugly, but sometimes we're just not very productive. We're not very forward moving in the way that we deal with conflict. Sometimes you're tired. Sometimes you're in a bad mood. Sometimes it's been a bad day. It has just been a difficult season. You're not feeling well. You're frustrated with other people, with other situations, with work, with finances, with the state of the country. You're frustrated with your own insecurities, your own inadequacies, your own fears. And you don't think about the other person and how what you're going to say or what you're going to not say will affect them for better or worse, in sickness and health, for richer or poorer. You don't think about that always when you're married to another fallible, limited, finite human being. When you yourself are the same, you don't always think about how to navigate your conflict in a happy, healthy, productive, God-honoring way. And so I'm thinking about that here recently, the situation that I know of, and another one that is similar in general, and that it's a marital conflict, but it involves a wife who is not handling her emotions well, and she's responding to her husband in a very mean, very vicious, very contentious way over seemingly trivial disagreements. She's getting very angry. She's getting very disagreeable. And what is he supposed to do about that in this day and age? I hope also that they get help, just like the first couple gets help. And I think it's good. I think it's right in situations like this where conflict is not being handled well, to reach out outside of just the two of you and look for somebody who maybe has figured a thing or two out. I think it's good to find somebody who is a specialist in your particular problem. If this were your car and it wasn't running reliably and every now and then it broke down and left you stranded on the side of the road for hours and then it would just randomly start working again for no rhyme or reason but then it would break down again. If you were somewhat mechanically savvy you might try and lift the hood and Look in there and see if there's anything obvious. You might check a few things. You might ask some friends and family that are similarly minded and mechanically apt. And you might figure it out. But if you didn't figure it out, if you kept finding yourself stranded on the side of the road when you had meant to go somewhere productive together, and now you're stuck for a little bit repeatedly over and over for years, you might find a professional mechanic to take your vehicle to. You might just see if somebody else can help you to get that vehicle running the way that it's supposed to, the way that it's designed to, the way that it should. And there's no shame in that. There's no shame in when you have a conflict and you're not handling it in a healthy way, in a happy way, that maybe you've both misbehaved a little bit. You may not have been the one to start it, but then you didn't participate. Once it was started, you didn't respond and react in an entirely honorable way. And so now there's hurt feelings on both sides. There's no harm in going to somebody who is going to have some ideas for you and some questions for you and some observations for you that don't have a dog in this fight, except to see the two of you be happy and healthy, productive, and to honor God with your bodies, with your minds, with your mouths, speaking words that edify and build up one another instead of tearing one another down, loving and cherishing and submitting to and leading and laying your life down for one another. Find somebody who is going to counsel you in your marriage in that spirit, in that vein. And if you don't want to tell a whole lot of people, that's fine. That's as may be just for the best, and that might be another way that you ensure you're going to limit the damage to yourself, but maybe especially your spouse, as you're trying to protect them, you're you're trying to honor them, you're trying to limit the amount of scrutiny that they're going to be suffering from, especially once you get this figured out, you don't necessarily want every Tom, Dick, and Harry to know your troubles, because even once you and your spouse have figured this out, they might bear a grudge against you or your husband or your wife. They might never really relate to them in a positive way ever again. And that fact, that possibility, might undermine the progress you're trying to make. And so I think it's important to keep the circle small and include invitation only the people who have good proven judgment discernment and discretion and wisdom with regards to these matters. You don't take your fancy new car that isn't running quite right and the check engine light is on and keeps stranding you on the side of the road. You don't take that to the guy down the street who can't zip his pants and he's drunk half the time and he maybe once upon a time watched a car show and has definite opinions about what you should do with your car, you don't take your nice new vehicle that's under warranty to that guy. You take it back to the place you bought it or you take it to somebody who's licensed and who's got a good reputation and who you can trust is going to take care of the problem and not take advantage of you in the process. I think it's important too, as people are looking for help And they're on the outside of these kinds of situations that they don't be too quick to rush in where angels fear to tread. Fools rush in where angels fear to tread. And sometimes people want to be seen as being helpful and they're not being so very helpful as they think they're being, as they want to be known for being, and they don't stop to realize this because... That's not what they're there for. They're not there to necessarily, first and foremost, help the person who is in trouble. They're there to be needed. They're there because they want to feel important. They're there to get a reputation for being helpful. And I think as we find ourselves on the outside of situations where people we know and care about and enjoy and admire and have a vested interest in the success of, as those people have a difficult time, sometimes with marriage or health or finances or what have you fill in the blank. It behooves us to remember what Jesus says about not giving as the Pharisees do, who announce their giving with trumpets to be seen by men so that they can be celebrated and congratulated and thought highly of. Don't announce your giving with trumpets. Do it in so much secret that your right hand doesn't know what your left hand is doing. Do your good works in such a way, if possible, that only God knows that you did this good deed. And your Father who sees in secret, Jesus says, will reward you because you're doing it for the right reasons. But You're doing it because you love God. You want to honor him. You love this person. You want to help them. You want to take a practical step to loving them and not just have a sentiment and an emotion and a fleeting thought that i could help them and then you pass by on the other side like the very pious busy people in the parable of the good samaritan who were a little too busy on their way to synagogue who were a little too busy on their way to somewhere more important to stop and help this person who had been beaten and left for dead sometimes people who have trouble in their marriage have trouble in their marriage because they've been beat up. And they, in turn, are beating up themselves in their marriage and they're beating up their spouse in their marriage, not necessarily physically, but maybe verbally, maybe emotionally. Maybe they're withdrawn or maybe they're smothering, maybe they're controlling, maybe they're erratic, maybe they're inconsiderate, maybe they're negligent. You just don't know sometimes. And you Think about the Hippocratic Oath, which says in part, first, do no harm. Primum non nocere. First, do no harm. And you think about that and you think about how you can help your friends and family that you care about. You have a friend or family member who gets married to somebody and they're having a hard time in their marriage. That's normal. You get two sinful, fallen, fallible, finite people together. They've each got Issues, he's got issues, she's got issues, they get together, and now they've got issues. Their powers combined, they make Captain Planet, and you still care about your friend, your family member. You still want to see them do well, and so you're in their corner, and you're going to be quick to have their back when they and their spouse have a disagreement. Sometimes, I think people who rush too quickly to take the side of the person that they've known the longer, those people think that they're helping and they're not helping because they're driving a wedge. And sometimes what people who are close to somebody who is married and is having difficulty in their marriage, sometimes what they need to do is be quiet and not interfere and not make things worse, not further destabilize the situation. Sometimes what they need to do is they need to talk with the person they've known the longer candidly about what part they have to play in this, what role they have played in contributing to the dysfunction and how to correct that. Because what you're trying to do is you're not trying to make this an us versus them, me versus you, a win-lose situation in a marriage. God instituted marriage so that Men and women would love one another and serve one another. I will make a helpmeet suitable for him is what God says of Adam. It's the first thing in creation that God says is not good, and that is that the man should be alone. I will make a helpmeet suitable for him, and so God does. He created the male and female in his image He created them. God makes Eve from one of Adam's ribs and presents the woman to the man they're made for one another literally and they're made for God and in the sense that they're made for God and that their marriage is made for God and that he is pleased for them to be married for Adam to have a helpmeet, and for Eve to have a husband what God has joined together let no man tear asunder so if we love our family member and we're seeing them in a different light because they're married and they're not quite who they've typically been and they're sad and they're conflicted, don't be so quick to rush in and advise your acquaintance, your friend, your family member to stand the ground and stick to their guns and fight this out. And you got to win and you got to stand up for your rights and da 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 da. Maybe, sometimes, if there's an abusive situation where somebody's in physical danger, yeah, by all means, let's get involved and let's interject and let's try and protect that person who's being physically hurt. If there's a verbally abusive situation, okay, maybe maybe you think some mean, unkind things are being said. Pray to God for wisdom on knowing where the line is. But you should be focused, we should be focused, we who are married, who have... Difficulties sometimes in handling conflict with our spouse or disagreeing in a loving way and honoring one another and respecting one another and loving and cherishing one another for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health till death do us part. For those of us who are in or around that relationship, we do well to be dedicated to the truth, to not exaggerate the truth, to not hide the truth, to not obfuscate the truth, to not be dishonest, but to work in good faith, to live according to the truth and to conduct ourselves in relation to one another in God and man according to the truth. And we do well to remember what God said about the purpose of the marriage that he instituted between man and woman. What was the one God-seeking godly offspring? That doesn't mean every godly marriage is going to have children. Sometimes things happen and it just doesn't work out. But if you have children or you might have children, how are you guys going to model for them what it looks like to submit to authority, for one thing? Paul writes in the New Testament, Wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Paul writes to the men, to the husbands. He says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and laid his life down for her. So we see there's this responsibility on both ends to make sure that we are loving and leading as husbands, that we are honoring and submitting to as wives. And for those on the outside looking in, we should be affirming That inclination and encouraging it and trying to stoke those fires so that there's a successful marriage. Now, I think to myself, what about my marriage? And I want to tell you a little bit about Lauren's and my marriage here and some recent events that uh, are exciting and we're optimistic and we're hopeful and. We don't know quite how much to get our hopes up or what the time frame is or what it looks like moving forward, but you know, there's some positive developments and it comes in on the, for richer or poorer in sickness and in health piece, for better, for worse piece. So to back up and not to give too much information and embarrass my wife, if it would embarrass my wife, but My wife has had health problems for a long time, and we've tried different doctors. We've tried to see various specialists. She's tried to have various testing done. We've suspected at different times that maybe this is what's going on and that's what's going on. Why does she have joint pain? Where's the inflammation coming from? Why does she feel sick to her stomach? Why does she feel tired randomly? Why does she have headaches? Why does she... Have these various issues? Why does she have food sensitivities? Why does she have this brain fog? Why does she sometimes get her heart racing for no apparent reason? Why does she sometimes randomly feel like she's going to pass out? Why does she sometimes, when she gets sick, start vomiting? And why is she unable to stop vomiting until she goes to the emergency room and gets some medicine for anti nausea? What in the world is going on has been the question in our minds for several years. And we have tried to not draw attention to it in a, I don't know, in an embarrassing way. We're trying not to disrupt other people too much to key critical people. We've informed them, hey, this is what's going on. You could be praying for us. If we've needed help, for instance, with watching the kids or if I've needed to take time off, I've tried to explain here's what's going on so that we have as much support as we need and we don't want to create a lot of fuss and then have that be a disruption that adds to the problem of the moment, which is that something's going on with my wife's health. and We don't know what and we don't know what to do about it. And we just are always playing defense and you can't win Games by playing defense, only defense. At a certain point, you've got to go on the offense. And that was one of the big reasons that we moved to Colorado, truth be told. I had a pretty good situation with Incana at the time. Now it's Oventive, which I think is a dumb name for the record. But it used to be Incana. And before that, Incana uh, was a separate company and there was a new field exploration. Production company, oil and gas company up in North Dakota, and I worked for them as a contractor. And I worked for them when I was at ZI for quite a bit. I helped to bring in and train several other people that worked for them when I worked for ZI. And then I went I worked as an INE technician for a contract company that was uh, in partnership with in and I had a good situation there. So much so that when I was offered my current job at Sterling Energy in Sterling, Colorado, I informed my supervisor, or uh, rather, I should say, the automation manager in Utah. And I informed him and told him it was looking like I was going to need to put in my two weeks notice or one month notice. It might have been one month. I don't remember exactly how much time it was. I think it was one month, actually because I was doing a lot, I was involved in a lot of projects, I wanted to give them as much heads up as possible, and it was going to take us some time to pack anyways, et cetera, et cetera. And I told him that I'd been offered a job in Colorado, and he would have me for another month. They should make arrangements to find somebody else to fill my position. And he told me at the time, he was really sad to hear that, and that I was a rock star. And no matter where I went, I was going to be a rock star. And that if it was personal, he understood. He wouldn't give me a hard time about it. But if it was financial, if it was benefits, if it was time off, if it was title, he could get me more of all of that. And he could make me foreman. And he could get me a raise. And he could get me more time off. He could give me better benefits. Just whatever it is, right? Just tell me because I want to keep you around if I can, but if I can't, then I understand, and good luck to you. And so I told him very candidly, no, it's not any of that stuff. I've enjoyed working with you. I've enjoyed working with the guys. I enjoy what I do here. I'd love to take the foreman position, but it's my wife's health. It's my boys and my daughter and the fact that they're going to be of an age to decide whether they want to go to college here before too long or want to go off to trade school, or if they want to go off and start a career in something, they're going to be of an age to do that here before too long, and I need to put them in a part of the country where there's more options than just agriculture, the gas station, the railroad, and oil and gas, in case none of those appeal to them. And he understood that was what it was, and so we moved down to Colorado, and I will say, in the past year and a half, not only have my health benefits with work been fantastic, but our access to medical care for my wife especially has been fantastic. There's a lot of really good doctoring that you can get done here in northeastern Colorado compared with eastern Montana. And that's been a godsend. And it's been also very difficult because you move seven kids and a wife with health problems to states. And you're starting a new job in a challenging field at a challenging time. And you're trying to figure everything out. and You're trying to get adjusted to this new place. And with all the symptoms I just listed and mentioned, sometimes just randomly you find that you've got an extra thing to do, which is to take care of your wife because she can't take care of herself right now and i am not superman so i don't always handle that in a way that i am proud of in fact very often i feel entirely inadequate to the task and but for the grace of god i don't know how we would be where we're at but that's the thing right that's the thing the Marriage vows, and we didn't exchange traditional marriage vows from the 1662 prayer book or anything like that, but the traditional marriage vows are, I take thee to be my wedded wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death us do part according to God's holy ordinance, and thereto I plight thee, my troth, I betrothed. Myself to you. I'm yours. I'm for you and you're for me. And I happen to be a little old-fashioned, but I believe that our word is our bond and what we say matters immensely. What we commit to matters immensely and vows are incredibly important to who we are. And I also happen to believe that God has a good purpose even In difficulty it isn't always sunshine and rainbows as a number of people informed Lauren and I before we got married it is not always happy it is not always easy it is not always just fun and hanging out with your best friend sometimes one of you gets sick sometimes you run out of money and sometimes you have a hard choice to make you guys don't agree about what the best thing to do right now would be and sometimes there's conflict With other people and you both want to handle it in a different way that creates conflict in your marriage sometimes there's forks in the road and one of you wants to go one way and the other wants to go the other way and so how do you deal with that how do you handle that sometimes one of you has a whole lot of health problems that you didn't expect and then those in turn also create professional difficulties and they also create relational difficulties and they also create emotional Difficulties and they also create financial difficulties and logistical difficulties. And at a certain point, you get tired and you despair maybe a little bit. And you wonder does anybody believe me anymore that this is still a thing? Or does anybody have patience for it? Or can anybody afford to indulge my need for flexibility from them anymore? Or at what point are they going to just cut me loose and throw me into the ocean? Because they got to lighten the load on the boat, taking on water. All of those kinds of things for at least me as a husband, as a father, as a man, are added stressors in the midst of it all. And what I don't want is I don't want anybody listening to hear this and say, oh, you poor fellow, I'm so sorry. Right? No, 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 no. That's not why I'm saying this. I don't want a pity party. And this is not me trying to throw a pity party for myself. Life is difficult sometimes because we live in a fallen world and because things don't always work the way that they should. And originally I happen to believe we were made to live forever. We were created for eternity. We were made in the image of the eternal God of the universe, the God who made the universe. We were made in his image, by him, handcrafted, to live forever in fellowship with one another and with him, and then sin entered the world, and death through sin, and now our genetic code breaks down, and so my wife, for instance, got test results on Monday that we're strangely excited about. It probably sounds weird, but she tests positive for two mutations in the MTHFR, which Don't even ask me to tell you what that stands for because I don't remember, but it's just MTHFR. That's why they shorten it to an acronym because nobody else can remember either, I'm sure. Um, Basically, from what we're being told anyway, that mutation could explain the whole array of symptoms, including not just the things I mentioned before, but also the miscarriages, also the ectopic pregnancy that we had last year that was so devastating. And we wondered to ourselves, what is going on, right? What is happening? Why? Right? Why? We love children. I just had a salesman at one of our vendors tell me today, I mentioned in passing, he asked if I was doing anything fun this weekend. I said. Something about having three kids, three sons, that we're going to go off and play laser tag with a friend for his birthday. And my other four kids will be home, and I'll be working on trying to build a website for, and this is why we homeschool. And the series, which I want to make it into a series, and God willing, we live and do this or that. But if I live and he wills it, then I will write that as a series, and I will do a iteration. One of the volumes in the series will be, and this is why we get married. This is why marriage is important is what the subject is gonna be. But I told the vendor in passing that I have seven kids. Whoa, you know they figured out what causes that, right? Mm. Yep. We're aware. Okay, just saying. Seven. Seems like maybe you don't know. Oh, okay. Wow, I may not want to shop here anymore. Okay, cool. <laughs> um Then before I left, too, he's like, Yep. Yeah, don't have any more kids. I'm like, you can shut up, actually. I think I will drink to that. Anyway, the big point here is I want to encourage you who are married to love your wife. If you're a husband, love your wife and try and live with her in an understanding way and to give honor to her as the weaker vessel you'll find out that you're not very good at that, particularly when hard times come. But he gives more grace. And so we need to rely on God's grace. We need to not be bitter, resentful, and harsh. We need to be kind and patient and understanding, loving. We need forbearance and perseverance. We need temperance. We need self-control. We need compassion and kindness. We need to love our wives. Well, that is part of what we've been put on this earth to do if God has given us a wife, is to love our, our love our wife well. You women, feminism, cover the children's ears for this one. Feminism is bullshit. If your husband is fiance, boyfriend, whatever, if he's abusing you physically, then you don't need feminism. You need to call the police, get a restraining order, give me a call, right? I know people. (laughs) You need other men to get involved there and deal with that guy. He needs to be checked. He needs some help. But first off, we got to make sure you're safe because that's not okay. It's unacceptable. But Otherwise, scriptures are clear. You know, the the lot falls to the man to lay his life down for you if you're a wife, to love you well, to try and lead you well. How is he going to do that if you're always trying to arm wrestle him for who wears the pants in the family? Oh, you don't like the decisions he comes to? Well, maybe you should have married somebody else, but now you're committed. You exchanged vows, you're in it. Stop making his life miserable by fighting with him over every last little thing. Submit. Woman, be a wife, right? Your job isn't to be husband 2.0, better and bolder, right? You're not his husband. You're his wife. Be his wife. Love God. Trust to God. Husbands, wives, trust to God to give you the grace and the strength and to give your spouse the grace and the strength and do all you can to be doing your part 100%. And hopefully they'll see that. And at a certain point, they'll feel convicted if they haven't been giving 100%. Or it'll help them. You will help them, because that's a huge part of the job description, by the way. You will help them to do their 100%, for their 100% to be more, to be more faithful, to be more pure, to be more true, to be more honorable. To be more wise, be more successful, more productive, more enduring. Anyway, that's all I got for today, for this episode. Don't know how long it'll be until the next one. It's been a busy season. We'll see. It's been a week since the last one. So we'll see. Maybe it's another week until the next one. But I'm excited about us finding out that there's some stuff wrong with my wife because we kind of knew right? What's the point in just knowing that there's something wrong with her, but not knowing what or what to do about it. Pray for us. Pray for wisdom for my wife and I. Pray for God's grace to us that we navigate this in a way that's circumspect. And if it be God's will, maybe, just maybe, we get a handle on what's been making my wife sick. And we can treat that, and she can be healthy, and she can have a new lease on life. Because if she can have a new lease on life, guess who else gets a new lease on life? Our kids. Their mom gets a new lease on life, they get a new lease on life. Guess who else gets a, a, a new lease on life? I get a new lease on life. Because my wife, who I care about, who I feel a responsibility to protect and provide for and to lead and to love, is okay. So anyway, pray for us in that regard. I'll pray for you too. Just let me know what for. Uh, check out also the com. I happen to have a website up. It uh, will probably take on a little bit of a different form as time goes on. I'll play around with it a little bit more. But uh, for right now, it's not too bad. I'm enjoying it. Check it out. Send it to your friends. Subscribe. Give me feedback. You can send a voice message also. If you go to anchor.fm slash garrett-ashley-mullet you can send an audio message. If you've got a comment, question, feedback, you love the show, you hate it, it's the worst podcast you've ever heard, it's the best podcast you've ever heard, whatever, send me a voice message and we might even feature it on the show. Anyway, that's all for now. Thanks for listening. Till next time, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you heard today, visit the homepage for On The Rock's blog at onthe.rocks. Also, check out On The Rock's blog podcast with Micah Hershberger, weekly on Anchor FM. If you haven't yet done so, hit subscribe to this podcast also. And you can reach Garrett Ashley Mullett with any comments, questions, or complaints at garrettmullett at gmail.com. Hello, this is Garrett Ashley Mullett, host of The Garrett Ashley Mullett Show on Anchor FM, and also chief editor and writer at On the Rocks blog since 2015. I have just published my first book. It is available on paperback and Kindle from Amazon.com right now. Are you thinking about homeschooling? Is someone you know considering it? No shortage of books will help you figure out how to do it. This is a book about why you should. Written from the perspective of a homeschooling father of seven who was himself homeschooled growing up, this is an encouragement to fathers and mothers to think rightly about their children's education. What our children believe about God, themselves, one another, and the universe, these are all features of their education, and the worldview our children develop is downstream of the sort of education they receive. And this is why we homeschool. Maybe you are a parent of homeschooling children, and you could use some encouragement. Perhaps your local school shut down, and now remote learning or homeschooling has been forced on you. Now you could use some help finding motivation to make the best of it. Or maybe you have a friend or family member considering homeschooling their children. Rather than starting you off with another home education how-to, let us start with why we homeschool. And as we figure out the reasons we should do this thing, the way to do it will be made far easier. Just go right on over to Amazon.com and type in and this is why we homeschool in the search results. It'll come right up. Order your copy today.